Welcome everyone to the Rabbitohs Top 4 Podcast, another episode on the Rabbitohs Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy Monaghan and as usual I'd like to welcome my co-hosts Mark Ellison and Shannon Donato. How are you today gents? I'm very well, thanks Jez, good to be here. I've missed you guys for the last three weeks so looking forward to today. Yeah, it is great to be back Jez. Um, we used to do it weekly but now we're you know, doing it every three to four weeks. Mm. Um, but yeah. I enjoy it every time I come in. Yeah, our maths isn't real good, is it? No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. We're going to do it every four weeks. We yeah. went five, three, three. But I, I, thought, I thought you gave the gap so well, I had time to prepare, but obviously <laughs> I was gonna, he, he needs a bit longer, obviously. Gonna, Maybe if we do it every second year, he might have enough time to get organised. I was going to say, it doesn't matter how often we do it. All we need to do to get this show better is to change the company. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Now, as we said, three weeks since the last one. So, what were your top four moments from rounds nine to eleven? That were that was games against the Broncos, Warriors, and Raiders. We'll start with you, Shannon. Okay. Well, I think um, in Magic Round it was certainly a Magic Round for Cody. His form, particularly in that first half against the Warriors, you know, he laid on three tries. He was. You know, he was the captain for the day, and I think he really lifted to that form. As well as the three try assists, he made um, he made 21 tackles, 181 kick metres, and um, he also had three line break assists as well. So his numbers were excellent, but most importantly, his form, I think. Um, I think he blinked about 73 times in the first <laughs> half, too, Jess. I was going to say, have you swallowed David Middleton? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't be critical because I've yeah, done yeah. some preparation. Like I said, yeah. Have you uh, heard the word regurgitate? <laughs> <laughs> Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. I, 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 had, a, I had a note here about it as well. It said Cody done good. <laughs> <laughs> did he play, did he? <laughs> Thanks, Jack Gibson. <laughs> very good. Yes. yes, Cody done very good. He should get one of your hats, Jess. He should. He, he did. should. He certainly played great. So that was a highlight of, of Magic Round. Um, it's always uh, another highlight for me was Trent Peoples' um, debut versus the Broncos in Round 9. It's it's always great to see guys uh, debut. And he had a blind. I thought he... You know, although we didn't come away with the chocolates at that match, I thought he played really good. He's got great form. He was the... Um, uh, New South Wales Cup player of the year last year and uh, I just thought he was sensational and it was great to see him even though we lost how much the moment meant to him and his family he went over to his family after the game and that's always a really heartwarming event and you know we've spoken about our debuts previously and your debut for Bathurst in the rugby jazz and <laughs> didn't play for Bathurst mate not those thugs <laughs> I, I still want to hear about you, that, that, that post game prize you got one day too uh, I want to hear about that one <laughs> behind the grandstand but we'll oh, about that. Well, is that where they had the presentation I'm not sure oh. but um, yeah Trent Peoples debut in round 9 was, was excellent um, and then round 10 again in Magic Round I think you know Campbell uh, Campbell Graham 100 games uh, a, a massive milestone but particularly for a junior you know everyone knows the story he, he debuted while he was still at school and um, he's racked up 100 games at a very relatively young age and he played really well in that match too in fact Campbell's played pretty well in just about every match this year so it was good he could he could start um, on his 100th game in, in round 10 and then uh, round 11 uh, against the Raiders out of Dubbo there's not not too many highlights, but one of them was, I think, Taffy. I think we've all known he's such a versatile player, but coming in and playing centre and doing such a good job at centre. I mean, everyone knows he, he's obviously a good fullback and he can play probably half or 5'8 as well. And 
probably lock, her in, uh, lock or nine at a pinch if he really had to, but to also cover the centre position, I think it, it makes him a, a invaluable asset to our side. So uh, TAS versatility was another highlight in round 11. So again, my highlights were Cody's form in Magic Round, Trent Peoples' debut the week before against the Broncos, um, Campbell Graham's 100th game and how well he played, and TAS versatility out of Dubbo. Very good. What about you, Ella? Did you have the same four? I oh, got it. Well, they, they are, <laughs> this will be good. They are similar, but for different reasons. Just, just from a, an analysis from watching the game rather than going to a computer to get all the answers for it. Uh, the, the the magic round for Cody was 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 great, but uh, one of the highlights, not just for our team, but the, the atmosphere that is at the magic round. I mean, the NRL have done a great job in getting that up and running. There was rain there the day we played, albeit a light drizzle, but, you know, there was 30,000 people there. They sold out the place. I think later in the day they probably got a few more there when the rain cleared up a bit. But uh, credit to the NRL, we don't always give them the credit they sometimes deserve um, and sometimes they don't deserve it. But I'm just being fair there that it's a great concept and it's, it's one that the players and all the staff love to be involved in. And on that day, Cody's performance particularly in that first half, was magnificent. But the biggest thing for me was we've been talking about our completion rates as a team, and in that first half we completed very highly. And yeah, I think it's 95% yeah, or, or something. Yeah, um, and Have you got that written down? Yeah, no, Shannon might be able to help me out on that one. <laughs> just LA talking about how great the atmosphere was in Magic Ground. I do agree, and actually just reminded me about when the news article about Elon Musk. He's opened up a restaurant on the moon, and it's unbelievable. They said the food's great, but there's just no atmosphere. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> when you had your four, mate, I'll let you talk. Oh, sorry. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just saw a good chance for, for a joke, and I had to take it. No, and Cody, Cody take over as captain that week. Um, he'd been under a bit of fire, you know, early, and he, he really stood up, and we got the job done that day. Second half was a, a bit of a struggle, but we got the points. And at the moment, um, with the, you know, the amount of salary cap players we have off the field at the moment, it's 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 been hard for us, and uh, yeah, we hopefully get a few players back this week, and, and that'll bring us all, all back to where we need to be. And and I'm sure there'll be a marked improvement this week. Campbell Graham's um, um, hundred games, obviously a great player from the Rabbitohs coming through from Harold Matts right through the through the the whole uh, system was magnificent. But I think his speech when he received his jersey and Talking about how his dad rings him every week, congratulates him on making the team because he realises how hard a job it is to play him week in, week out. And the fact that he's played 100 now past the initial debut yep. uh, is, is magnificent. So that was that was really touching for me because uh, I've seen Campbell come through right through and it's... Um, on with the Cameron Murrays of this world, it's it's a great thing to see as a as a, as a South Sydney person, um, and you know he spoke about just this club. He just loves his club. He's not going anywhere else, which is another another nice thing to hear. Especially uh, if you need to negotiate another contract, Ella. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Ruthless. exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> well, I've signed him to 2042, Jess. So. <laughs> just, if his dad rings him every game when he gets picked, <laughs> just tell him we'll cover the phone bill. Yeah. 
But, uh, yeah. And then going, um, another thing that I thought I'd make, make Taff move into the centres the other day, but um, our new sign to the club in recent weeks in Cody Nicarima, mm. I thought some of his touches the other day, not having played around many of the guys, only training for a week or so with them, uh, he looked dangerous every time he touched the ball and things started to happen when he was out there. And that, that gives us that little bit of experience that we may have been lacking just at the moment yeah. with all the players we've got out. So that was a highlight for me, and I see that I see that improving again this week. You know, what I've noticed around training with him, Elo, he's got amazing sleight of hand, and not just hand, like it might just be a look with his eyes or a shimmy with his shoulders or something, and it just opens holes for him. It's... It's built into him. It's not something that's been coached into him. You can just see it, but you can see things just happen for him with a little movement of the arm or a little step or something. It's little things, but you can see the class. You can see why he's played so many tests for New Zealand. Yeah, that was just about to say that. I think yeah. he's played about 15 tests, yeah. 140 on NRL games. Yeah. And and it, I thought it showed the other, the other day, when not so much the first game against the Warriors in Magic Round. He'd come off not playing for four weeks there mm. due to COVID, etc., uh, he found a bit of his mojo, I thought, last week and looked dangerous. And a couple of things just didn't go his way, which had it come off, might have put us right back in mm. the game. Uh, I remember that one, he, he threw a turn, Campbell Graham, underneath and went back through the middle of the field. Another one there, he was he was support play with Keon when he got through and just the flick pass mm. didn't work. Just those little bit of execution areas where players don't know each other that well that will improve as the season goes yeah. on. But um, the highlight of all in the last three rounds is um, just seeing a bit of footage of Luttrell overseas and the shape he's in, the mindset he's yeah. in, and some of the physical stuff that he's doing over there. In you know, it's it's it was a it was designed for him to you know have a uh, you know really concentrated physical regime, physical fitness regime, and he's getting that. He's loving it. He's in the best shape I've seen him in since he's been at the club. And um, obviously, we're all looking forward to him coming back. And he'll uh, he'll make a he'll be a great in for our team. And yeah. that's uh, you know I, I know we've been struggling for a little bit here and there with the lack lack of players, lack of experienced players. But we're still in the eight. Um, and you know I, we're not far off from clicking when we get a few more players back and we'll start getting back to where the rabbit is we all know it's got to hang on to the ball Ella. it makes such a difference to us yep. yeah you just get gassed such out doing difference. all that defense That's by the it. time you get the ball back you've just haven't got much left in the we've team we've seen it and it's not a massive improvement it's only a few percentage points here and there but when we do it we can really hammer teams and and what happened in fairness like We've got a reasonably a, a very inexperienced team out there mm, at the moment. Like we, right. we haven't had Mark Nichols play. We haven't had Cameron Murray play. No. Haven't had Latrell Mitchell play. You know, two of them, you know, two of the great. Like Cam Murray and Latrell Mitchell are probably both in the top ten players in the mm. game, yep. let alone Absolutely. just in our club. That's you right. Know? And, and then you've got the experience of Mark Nichols. We lost Jacob Host. Not making excuses. No. Okay? And JD hasn't made excuses. We, we needed to be better with some of the things we've done yeah. on the field. But I think the lack of experience tends you to panic a bit when you're chasing yeah. scores and things like that's that. That's so, 100%. I was about um, to say. That's, that's what I think's been there. And, and I'm, being, I'm being honest. I mean, I, you know, would I prefer us to be one, two, three more games? Of course I would have. Yeah. But being a realist, there's reasons why we haven't been able to do it. And we've got yeah. to improve those smaller areas. Mm. But 
the quality of the players that are going to be coming back into the team uh, will get us yeah. that improvement as well. I think an interesting stat that I read the other day, which Shannon didn't bring up before in his, <laughs> all his, his oh, th- in the maths that. class, <laughs> in the maths class earlier on, I think we've only scored first once or twice this year, and it, I've got it. And this is just me, not expert of the game, but just watching the game is that if we get a try or two down like we did last week against Canberra, we tend to try and play catch-up footy a lot earlier than what we did, which leads to throwing a flick pass or an around-the-corner pass, which is another drop ball which makes you defend more. And I just feel like if we can just nail that start and we can hold onto the ball a little bit more, we'll be we'll be fine. We'll, we'll be back where we were the last few years. Oh, I'm very confident. Yeah. Yes. I'm very confident. I know... Uh, as a club, we're copping a bit out there, but that's okay. That's that's what people people do when when Galvani- you're not galvanises teams. It too. does, it does, and, and when you know, actually know what's going on within the four walls of the that's place, it. we're going okay. That's it. Yeah, we get those blokes back, and you know we are at our best when our backs are to the wall. I think that's you know when people write us off, that's when we're at our best. Yeah, Jez, uh, I want to hear your top four moments because you're you're very close to the action. But before we do, I want to just pick up on one of the points Ello made. He spoke about Trell being overseas and in shape and um, it reminds me one off-season I came back and I was a bit out of shape and uh, the, the, the trainer, the great water, he said to me, mate, you've got to get yourself in shape. I said, I am in shape. I'm, I'm round. <laughs> 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 and so there were more sand hills for me. But <laughs> Yeah, my, uh, my top four moments, I included Cody's <coughs> first half against the Warriors. The, the photos and the footage of Latrell over in the in the US as well. One that I had that um, hasn't been mentioned was Cookie's try last week. That came out of absolutely nowhere. We were dead set on the back foot, and he just took it upon himself to weave his way through. I don't know how many defenders over a. It was a forty meter run straight, but the angles that he took and the weaving run that he took, he would have run eighty meters. Um, to score that try, it was uh, you could you could feel all the South fans out in Dubbo lift when he scored that. It felt like here we go, we're yes. not out of this, even though we were down by thirty points. Yep, it was, it was a great like try. yeah, he it was a it was a great try, and it was good to see him running and um, getting four pointers that we know that he loves to score. And it was good seeing him watching my old videos in the week leading up. They've obviously paid off learning how you know some of the darts out of dummy half. It's uh, really it was yeah, the, what they found. They found someone in the defensive line that used to defend like you. <laughs> he found you and went straight past you. <laughs> the, old, the old Labrador mudging on the blind. No, the, the course that he took, the weaving run, was similar to the, the path you ran up the SFS tunnel when Sean Garlic was after you and Mark Carroll. Ran, no, no, no. Ran away. I, that was the fastest I ran all that year, actually. I thought it was more like him dodging the tables at the Chinese restaurant during Yum Cha. <laughs> Stepping off the Lazy Susans. <laughs> Stepping on them, Jess. Um, the other, the, my last one, and it's a little bit self-indulgent, is we've got a new podcast that we've launched in the last few weeks as well called Inside the Jersey, and it was a real highlight for me to sit down with Luttrell before he went away to the US, and the idea behind the Inside the Jersey podcast is to not talk about football, to talk about the, the men inside the jersey and, and who they are. And we sat down and we talked to him about his farm and what he wants to achieve with his farm and how it helps him... Um, with his preparation each each week, being able to get away, we talked about indigenous culture and how he how he uses that within his farm, his relationship with his dad, because he told me that 
he moved away so young to play football that he lost a lot of that connection with his dad in his later teen years. I think he said he came to Sydney when he was 14 or 15 uh, or moved down this way anyway to the Central Coast and um, lost a lot of that learning and uh, that he would have learnt from his dad around his Indigenous culture. So he said, whenever I go up there now, I think my dad ends up hating me because I'm following him around like a little six-year-old kid, yeah, you know, yeah. just trying to learn everything. And... Um, I learn more from these guys every time I talk to them about their Indigenous culture. And interestingly, we're talking about this during Indigenous Round. We're recording an Indigenous Round. And I said to Luttrell, um, you talk about following your dad around on the farm. I said, is it good for you now to pass that down to your daughters? Do you feel a level of responsibility? He says, well, I do to a point, Jez. And I thought, that's not the answer I thought I was going to get. And he said... Um, it's, it's quite difficult for me as a man to pass down Indigenous culture to women. He said that comes from the women. So it's on my partner Brielle mainly to pass down that to our daughters. He said, but I still love talking to them and taking them out on the farm, showing them different things. But it's quite different in our culture where the, the men teach the men and the women teach the women. And I'd, I'd never thought of it in that yeah. context before. And I know we've spoken to Alicia Parker so many times about Indigenous culture and the role that women play within that family unit. And in our jersey this year, it's got the birthing tree on it. It's all about celebrating mothers and the matriarchs and all that sort of stuff on our jersey. And I never thought of it that way yeah. because in in our cultures, it's mum and dad yep. teach the kids. Yep. yep. But with them, they've got different roles. And every time I talk to guys like, like him, to Cody, to Taffy, to even to um, Alex Johnson, who's discovering his background all the time himself. He's still learning about it, to Alicia, to Buddy Gordon. All these guys, I learned so much more about their culture, and it's it's unreal. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a big part of our club. It's a big part of our DNA. has been for decades. But what you're saying about the secret men's business and the women's yeah. business, and a very big part of the Indigenous culture of got Indigenous nieces and nephews and um, some of my best mates are Indigenous. And, yeah, very much so that, you know, the males get taught their stuff by the men and the and, mm. and the females get taught their stuff by the mothers and the grandmothers, and mm. it's, a, it's a beautiful part of their culture. Yeah. Now, a couple of updates before we head into our, uh, into our next topic. And I want to just check... Did anyone find the cardboard cutout of you that was stolen from your mum's house? <laughs> no, much much to my mum's chagrin. Uh, unfortunately not, but I'm, I'm a lot happier, I'm telling you, because I've stopped copying it left, right and centre. Anytime anybody gets lost in Wallamaloo and they look up and they see pictures of me eating hamburgers, I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> now, we know it wasn't... She didn't actually put a reward up for it. <laughs> I was going to say, we know it wasn't Ello that pinched it because you're having both your knees replaced <sighs> yes, yes, next yes, week. So yes. talk us through that, Ello. Yeah, I just, yeah, just a few well injuries from from the playing days and that, and just uh, even the coaching days after it. Um, you know, I had a few arthroscopes during my career mm. with cartilage damage and stuff like that, and they're just not operating properly. And um, um, I, I was going to try and do them at the end of last season, but I thought I'll try and push on, push on with the pain. The pain just gets you, and I don't mm. want to be taken. Painkillers and anti inflams mm. all the time is not good for you in the long run. Mm. So, uh, off to my old mate David Bro at the Prince of Wales Private next Monday, and um, we get them both done. 
Excellent. Then, Poor old LA has been in a bit of pain. He's had to cut his road runs down to 14k. <laughs> you know, he's, he's really had to cut, but they've really affected his preparation. I was, was going to say, is it true that you'll be high-fiving Latrell at the airport as you head over for six weeks with Bill Knowles? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, this, to get yourself right. Well, the, the, the council have given me a rebate off my rates because they reckon I won't be damaging the footpaths as much for six weeks. <laughs> And uh, and a big shout out to Raylene Ellison. You're in for a fun six weeks. <laughs> God love her. Right, we'll be back with our next topic very shortly. Now, our next topic, we talked about a lot of the young guys, guys like um, Campbell Graham that have brought up their hundred games early on. A lot of these young guys, Trent Peoples making his debut. Um, all that sort of stuff. And it got me thinking about what would be the top four tips that you both would give to a younger version of yourself when you're on the verge of playing first grade? Not necessarily things you do differently or anything like that, but what would be the tips you'd give yourself as you're about to head into first grade? We'll start with you, Shannon. It's a good question, Jez. Really good question. Got me to thinking. I think one of the first ones um, is when you're going in to negotiate a contract, your first grade contract, and if you're going in to negotiate with Shane Richardson, he's the CEO, as I was with mine, take a player manager with you. <laughs> because it got me, got me thinking back to my first first contract, and I just went in, I thought I'll go and negotiate it with myself. And uh, he said to me, you know what, By as part of the CBA, there's a minimum payment we have to pay. And so, unfortunately, Unfortunately, I have to offer you that because I can't give you any less. He said, that's not to say I don't think you're overpaid. I think you'd be overpaid if you got the... So that's how we started our contract negotiations. So oh, we changed pretty ruthless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start at minimum wage and you're still overpaid. So Sp- uh, Speaking of ruthless with Richo, you've got to tell us the story about when you're at Penrith with Panthers on the prowl and the phone. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell us that story. So, yeah, I just finished my playing career and I was I was still doing a bit of work for Panthers on the Prowl and in the sponsorship team. And Richo's rung me one night after work, I don't know, about 7 o'clock. And I'm, the no, name's come up on the phone at 7 o'clock. I've, Richo, I'll, I'll ring him back in the morning. I'll see him in the office in the morning. Can't, can't be that important. Uh, otherwise, he'll ring me back again. So I walk in the office the next morning and Richo's just apoplectic. I can't believe it. When I ring you, you answer the phone. You... I said, oh, Richo, you know, the phone's there for my convenience. I'm not there for it. That's why I got the phone. No, 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 we got you a phone so that you're accessible. And he said, hang on, hang on. You haven't got me a phone. That's my phone. I pay for my own bill. And he goes, well, when I ring you from now on, you answer it. I said, okay, mate, no worries. I'm just... Forgot all about it. Next day, I come in the office and there's a brand new phone for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's his way of saying, when I call you, yeah, answer. you answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so if anybody's going to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so um, if anyone's going to negotiate with someone as tough as Richo, take a player manager with you. And like, like Campbell was saying, you know, he loves his club and, you know, he played for nothing. So, so, so be careful what you say, particularly <laughs> in front of blokes like Richard. So that's my first one. Uh, in talking about financials, um, don't take financial advice from your from your teammates. So two blokes I played with at the time, Mick Francis and Mick Cassini, uh, my two front rowers actually, and we sort of came through President's Cup flag in first grade. And as we started to earn a little bit more money, they wanted to invest in a in a restaurant. Now neither of these blokes had. The closest they'd been to a restaurant was going in and order a pizza. They knew <laughs> nothing about running restaurants. I said, oh, you sure, guys? You sure? 
And I said, yeah, yeah, they took out like a three-year lease on a, on a, on a restaurant on Coogee Bay Road, Coogee. I still walk past the side. It's a sushi restaurant there uh, on Coogee Bay now. But they took the lease out. They spent like 140000 on the fit-out or whatever. It closed within three months. And they just did their absolute... <laughs> and I should have known because the other one, Peter Driscoll, was the one thinking about... I've told you a story about him when we're going over to, to Perth, haven't I? When trying to talking about money, we're sitting oh. there. <laughs> and he didn't know he had to... He thought he had to change his money over to Perth money. So, <laughs> so don't take financial advice from your teammates. Take, take, take it from um, people who actually know what they're talking about. Uh, my third one is... I sort of touched on it before. Is don't overindulge in the off season because you're only going to have to pay for it when you get back. <laughs> I, I remember uh, one time I got back and I was about five kilos heavier than what I went away with. And the and the trainer he put me on the scales and he just absolutely flogged me on the bike on the treadmill on the sand hills. And he said to me one session, I'd been over in Europe and I had been in France and he he said you're dead set sweating out cheese at the moment. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's what it looks like. So. Pay, you pay for those sins in the off-season, so don't overindulge. And then probably my last piece of advice, because I've made my first grade debut against uh, the Manly Seagull side uh, that was full of internationals and some tough guys. On your debut, don't run at Ian Roberts and David Gillespie, <laughs> whatever you do. <laughs> That's the first piece of advice, actually, I would have gave myself. I made that mistake. Uh, David cracked two ribs. Um... He got me a beauty, and then uh, not long after that, Ian Roberts picked me up and dumped me on my head. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the advice I give. Don't run at Ian Roberts and David Gillespie on your debut. Don't overindulge in the off-season. Don't take financial advice from your mates. And if you're negotiating with some hard-ass like Richo, take a manager in with you. Very good. I like it. Hello. What about you, Ella? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the biggest thing for me, Jez, is to make sure football's just not your whole life mm. and you know if, if you have opportunities to educate yourself outside of it as a backup because when you're first coming in I'm talking about yeah and even later on these days it's a bit different as I say when I played and because it was um it wasn't fully professional semi-professional mm. still a great earn though don't get me wrong but mm. um yeah you know, I was always happy that I, I did some you know tertiary education yeah that, that could follow after the footy because you know, a lot of football players, you know, to have a debut is a great thing in the NRL and, and to play 10 or 20, 20 games is probably around what most people do across yeah. across the board. Because, I mean, obviously the average goes up because of the number of people that play, 100 and 200 and 300 games, you know. Mm. But, yeah, that's, that's my advice is, you know, particularly a young 14, 13 or 14-year-old kid that's, that's a really good player at school, and he thinks oh, I'm just going to make it. You know, uh, just you know, not everyone likes their school, and mm. you know. But if you can knuckle down, find something you like, and concentrate it on outside your football, I think that's really important. It's really interesting you bring that up, Ello, because you look at um, this week actually, and it's not to do with our club, but um, Chanel Harris Tavita has pulled the pin at the Warriors. I think he's 23. And he said, I just need a year off. So he hasn't retired, but he said, I just don't want to do it for a year. He said, I waited till I was off contract, so I didn't leave the club in the lurch, but I'm going to go and have a year off and go and travel a bit. And um, he said, I'm going to do some writing and I want to look at my education options. So obviously it's playing on his mind that um, it could stop at any time. And you look at, at, I wonder if it was sparked by his teammate, Ash Taylor 
who this year had to retire at a young age because of injuries that he had and may not have had something behind him. And so this other young kid in the halves has said, well, footy's not everything. Like you said, have, having something outside of football, I want to make sure I've got something set up or experience things in life that I want to experience. And yeah. I think it's real. what you say is really important that it can't be everything in your life because if I think anyone that's too obsessed with anything... It can go pear shaped for you if things if things don't work out the way you want it. Says the it's bloke a, who wears the Star Wars shirts to work. Don't get too. We got figurines. Don't Star get Wars will never crumble. Well, to, don't get too. May, the, with may the force be with you, Shannon. In, 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 in today's today's game, it's it's all encompassing. Like there's yeah. not the opportunity. I guess I said when, when I when I debuted in first grade, I was going to teachers' college at North yeah. Sydney. So we'd train. Um, the week was. I used to love it because I was only young. I'd know no better. Mm. You know, I'd like it was Monday to Friday, teachers' college. We'd train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday morning. I'd work Wednesday night at the juniors and Saturday night before we played on Sunday. Mm. That was my week. So there's plenty in it. But what I did in, in all that time, I'd see my mates couldn't wait to get to training and the footy part of it. Mm. Then I see a different group of friends when I went to college and then yeah. people I, I went to work with. So, you know, it was such a... Uh, yeah, different environment. I was in most parts of the week in certain yeah. areas, yep. so it gave me time to get away from the football. Whereas yeah. these guys don't get it as much these no. days, so that's why I think it's important that they they make something outside a bit of education, yeah. or just go and doing something with South Care, something that makes you feel good outside of there, yep. or go and visit your relatives or something you're not seeing. Just something different, your mates and that. Um, because it's a tough game. Yeah. It's a tough game, and be focused on it all the time yeah. can break you down. He, even a guy like Cookie that's been able to set himself up well with his football career, he's, I don't want you to reveal any numbers, but I'm sure he's on a good wicket, Ello, um, playing for Australia, playing for New South Wales, but still found time to finish his uni degree. Yeah. He's still invested in um, the beauty therapy and spa business that he's got. I'm sure he's got fingers in other pies as well and it's just so important I think Cam Murray with the investments that he makes with Guzman and Gomez and these yep. sorts of things like I just think it's really important that these guys do have something outside of it great point Ella. Well, that you go on sorry oh sorry I was just going to say I think it's important for our listeners to understand both of them that um <laughs> <laughs> that that's, um, hi, Mum. Um, <laughs> well, that's three with Ray and Gab. Yeah. I know Christy doesn't listen. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Do you think Ray listens? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but talking about the education, and, and, you, and, you, and you gave some good, good examples there, Jez, it's not mutually exclusive. The club actually does provide a lot of support and a lot of opportunities for the boys to do this. So, you know, it's not like training's the be-all and end-all. We've got... Uh, player yeah. well-being, player welfare, education staff supporting and encouraging all of our star, uh, all of our players into these kind of things. So, you want to touch on that a little bit, Ella? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got you know our wealth, welfare, our well-being department set up that that helps you know the players find out what interests them. Mm. You know, and you know when, when I'm doing contracts, there's a there's a tertiary education allowance you can put in that's outside the salary cap, mm. but the club pays for it, but. I see that. I I I want to. I encourage every player to take it. They don't yeah. always use it, but it's there for them so they can, you know, get education. Yeah. 
and the club can pay for it because you, you get a, a player that's being educated, he's getting doing th- different things outside. He's a better person when he comes into the place yeah. and when he finishes and when he walks out. Yeah, and that's part of our role here at the club. And, and Shannon's touched on it. And as I say, and I was saying it as someone that's taking advice to just come in. We're lucky we got the club set up pretty well mm, to deal yep. with that, you know. And that's. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a credit to Brock and all the well being team that, yeah. that that's getting done, you know. Yeah. Um and that leads me to the next point mm. is like players earn a lot of money, right? Some of the players earn a lot of money. But no matter what, players all earn money. And at the end of the day you you've got a finite period in your life where you're playing football. So uh, an old bloke said to me once, It's not how much you earn, it's how much you keep. Mm. And it's so true. So they're in a an early stage of their life, and it's up to us as a club to to sort of advise them on on stuff like this. That so they should be trying to use their money wisely. Mm. It's not easy for a young kid that hasn't had that education in that area or any advice to be given. Yeah, you know, they think I've got all this money, I'll go out and spend it. But surely yeah. you you can have, you, you've got to spend it, or you've got to enjoy it as well. But you know, keep it there because it can yeah. set you up for life. And that's we spoke about. Uh, Cam Murray and Campbell Graham, they're buying property and stuff like mm. that, which is fantastic. Yeah. I remember George Piggins, when I played, you know, and all the boys played, he'd always say, I want you to buy a house yeah, out of footy, you know. And yeah. Great advice. And and the advice is no different today than what it was back then. No, that's right. You know, and it, it, it's all relative. And that's, that's important to realise that, you know, and they sort of intertwine the first two points mm. I've made. But, you know... It's it's a finite period of time. There's a role for player managers to play in that too, I reckon, Ello. Um, and clubs are told by the NRL that they need to have wellbeing managers in place. They need to have CEOs in place, CFOs in place, commercial managers in place, all this sort of stuff. And I reckon a step for the NRL around the player manager side of things is to make sure that the guy, these guys that are tasked with guiding these young players because they sign these kids up as 13, 14, 15 year olds that they have um, the facilities to provide advice in these areas as well. Things like um, buying property or um, media profiling or anything like that. They should be able to, financial planning, they should have things in place as well to be an accredited player agent Yep. Um, because the players do pay them a certain percentage of their wage to provide services for them, and I'm not sure all the, the managers do do as good a job as they probably should in that area. There are some great managers out there that do look after their players and help them along, but I reckon it needs to become a requirement of being an accredited player agent. They have these facilities available to them yep. that they work in with the clubs to provide the best advice and best training and coaching for the players to have a well-rounded person when they finish their career in their 30s. I reckon that's what well, hopefully they get to their 30s when they finish their career. That's a good idea, Jez. Very good idea. Just talking about all this education and leading into employment, post career, football career, it made me reminded me of my teachers. They always told me I'd I'd never amount to much since I procrastinate so much. And I told them, "You just wait." <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. That was a good one. That what was page a good is one. that on your cheat sheet? <laughs> That was on the clean jokes link that you said. <laughs> uh, but back to the money stuff too, Ello. I remember hearing Jason Nightingale from who used to play for the Dragons, and he's since gone into a lot of this educational stuff with the players. He said some of the advice that I give to players is 
um, when you come into first grade, you're generally earning seventy five, eighty, ninety thousand dollars. He said, and then all of a sudden they'll have a couple of breakout years. Clubs will be throwing money at, and they might be earning five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars. And he said, some of the advice I give them is, as you said, enjoy your money, but try and live to somewhere near what you were living on the ninety thousand dollars, and use the rest of it to build the rest of your life. Yep. Yep. Now invest it wisely. Get the right advice. Buy property. Buy investments that can then set you up for the rest of your life and educate yourself along the way so that you can have a good career after football. And I just thought that's such great, simple advice that anyone can follow. Well, you, you have a look, Jez, in the last uh, last five years, mm. the, the property market in Sydney. Mm. All right, now, if you're a player and you've invested your money into the property market, mm. you've earned way, way more than you even earned playing football. Oh, yeah. In, and that's what investments do. Yeah. Investments make more than you can ever earn. Yeah. And that's that's why it's important that they use their money wisely. Yeah. Some some guys aren't earning that money, the the top end of town money, mm. but they can still they just do it on a on a lower scale. Yeah. You know, and that's that's important that we try and educate that's them. That's right. You know, that you, like all education, that not everyone listens. No. But you you've got to make sure you provide yeah. that, I think. Yeah. You know, for those that have just tuned in, I know you think it's Australian Financial Review podcast. <laughs> but this is actually, yeah, this is actually the Robert O's top four podcast. I thought I'd just just remind everybody. <laughs> On to your next point, Ella. On to your next Can one. we just make it a two-person podcast? <laughs> the top two. You know what? You know what, podcast. mate? You know what? I've worked out what it is. He just can't sit there and not talk for more than thirty seconds. That's that's his problem. I wish you could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one uh, is make sure you work on the fundamental skills of your game throughout mm. your whole career, because the great, the great sportsmen in any code are the ones that do the hard work and the the repetitious work. You watch the great golfers of all time, the Greg Normans, the Tiger Woods, they just hit golf balls. Yeah. That's what they do all their life, and mm. it's like goal kicking. It's like kicking in general play. Yep. It's like uh, a hooker passing, catch and pass. Yeah. You've got to. It just doesn't stay there. You've got to work on it. And people don't realise that. Mm. And what I see, particularly in young coaches in junior league and stuff like that, I know I'm digressing here a bit, but you see them wanting to put all the big plays that are going in the first grade, yep. but they can't pass the ball. So, you know, when you're supposed to pass the ball out of a front for in front for a mm. play to work, if you can't pass the ball there, you don't have the play. Yep. You know, so it's important that, that the players, because the players need to do that on their own as well. Yep. Yeah. Not just at training. Yep. And the good players do. Yeah. And not everyone knows right. that they do it. Not everyone knows. It's like, I know back in the era, some of the blokes used to train that I play would put, train on Christmas Day because they knew no one else was doing it. They said, yeah. well, we've got an extra train to run on someone else. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's just that self-discipline in that. Uh, and the last one is around the racing game and the horses and that. Keep your tips and keep your mates. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very good. Speaking of investments. <laughs> the other tip LA gave me, he said... Unfortunately, Shannon's tasting jokes was a little off-kilter today, and we've had to edit the program. We'll get back to our regular programming now. Righto. <laughs> Is this live? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, you know what scares me even more? It's now joke of the oh month dear. time. Uh.
Who's Gary? Is it Ellis? That's yours. He won't know I had one before and I, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, what a surprise. Oh, his joke's the same one as mine, so I'll tell it. No, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because I told you. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you my one. Ellis told me a very good penguin joke, but unfortunately that's not uh, that's not for our podcast. But another penguin joke I've got, so there's a penguin and his car's playing up, so he takes it into the mechanics workshop. We apologise to our listeners for Shannon's crude tasting jokes. We'll return to our clean program now. <laughs> oh, my dear me. Wow. Well, he put a seal in his car. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'd like to thank all our three viewers because oh, I don't no. think you'll ever hear from us again. No, I'm going to have to mark this as explicit when <laughs> I <I'm laughs> outlay this. Ice cream and penguins. What's oh, wrong with my that? <laughs> his car blew a seal. <laughs> <laughs> have you got one, Ella? I have. Okay. I I've have got just. one this week too. Just well. There's Try a, and save the day after that. <laughs> There's a guy that came home to his missus and he'd been out on the drink all day. Been out for lunch and got home about 1am in the morning, staggering. And she opened the door, blowing up me. She, she said, you're drunk. And he said, you're ugly. <laughs> he said, and at least I'll be sober when I wake up. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> that reminds me of me leaving my lovely wife, Gabrielle, this morning. You know, I walked into her and she was in the shower and she said, oh, you know. Once again, Shannon has let us all down with his taste in humour, making life difficult for the editor of this podcast. We'll get back once again to our normally scheduled program. <laughs> Oh, no. I came, I came, I came over the other night, and Ray went up the door. She said, "You're drunk and ugly." <laughs> There's nothing wrong with her eyesight, uh, Danielle. <laughs> I got one for this week. Oh, I got good one for stuff, this week. I got another one, Jester. There's a, a a man and his son are driving along in the car, and his his son's about eight years old, inquisitive young bloke, and he says, "Dad, why is uh, why is my sister's name Rose?" And he said, well, it's an interesting story, son. He said, we had a discussion before you were, um, either of you were born, and we said, look, when we have kids, we're going to name them after things that we absolutely love and adore, the things that mean the most to us in the world. And your mother loves flowers. She loves the smell of, of spring. She loves roses. So when we had your sister, she got to name a rose. And he said, oh, that's, that's lovely, Dad. Thanks for telling me that story. He said, no problems, Cameron Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be two dogs. <laughs> oh, oh, I got dear. another one. This <laughs> we're on a roll. We're using a whole oh, year's material. This this, this um, guy and his girlfriend had this roaring argument. They just they were shouting at each other, and the final line was from her. She said, "If you're my husband, I'd put cyanide in your coffee." And he said, and you're, "If you were my wife, I'd drink it." <laughs> Is everything all right at home at the moment, Ella? <laughs> oh, no, well, oh, dear. Not if she's listening to this. <laughs> right Seems on. like it's all right at Shannon's. Oh. <laughs> You've just got a block drain. Oh, no. I'm playing this music now. 
Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 35. I'm not sure there'll be an episode 36, <laughs> but we'll see how we go in uh, in a little while. How long are you out of action for, Ella? Uh, I'm not sure, Jez. I, I in the hospital for about six days and then into a, a re, rehab hospital yep. uh, for my knees, by the yep. way. <laughs> then, yeah, of course uh, it is. I've been yeah. there for about two two weeks, and yep. I think I think by that stage I'm supposed to be at a yeah. Through the the period of being able to get to the period of being able to walk and that on my on my own and look after myself at home. So yep, hope yeah. You know, I reckon four to six weeks. Hopefully, right. It's about a three month full recovery, but just want to get back into in and around. So. Well, we might even come to you. We'll bring this elaborate podcast set up to your place, and we can. Do episode 36, and that's if you'll let Shannon in the front door. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed when he says, get a knee operation and I'll be okay when I can look after myself at home. He can't, he's 53 years of age and he can't do it. Now he thinks a, a knee operation is going to do it. God help you. God help you. Oh, very good. Uh, like, you should you should uh, come and do it when I'm on endone or something. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, Ellen. The nonsense you've been talking today. That would be interesting. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, of course. Send us through your topics suggestions via Twitter or on the Rabbitohs website at rabbitohs.com.au slash podcast. Give us a review, a five-star rating, and hit that subscribe button. And a special mention to uh, two of our listeners today. One's uh, Brent Hill. Yes. I know he listens to the... Benny, the great yeah, man. Benny, the great Benny Hill. Oh, we should and, get him um, The and, podcast will go for four hours. And, uh, <laughs> he would give ten a dollar headache, that bloke, honestly. He took a glass out of sleep. We'll bring Joe Callahan in as well. <laughs> oh, oh, two oh, different paces. Oh, yes. And the other one... Bring me in some rope now, The please. other one, a special hello to the world jelly wrestling champion, <laughs> Mark Blockhead Lions. Mark Blockhead Lions. How are you, Blocky? Uh, I'm Okay. <laughs> hey, don't you bag him. You're going to be relying on him over the next four to six weeks. I can, I can see it. Block, bring, get me something to Coles. Bring it over here. He'll be there. Not another low, four litres of mate. ice cream. Hello, surely. <laughs> <laughs> the dairy farmers can't keep up. <laughs> oh, very good. Well, thanks for joining us uh, for, for episode 35. We'll see you for episode 36 in the next few weeks.